You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Good morning or afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to us. Welcome to the JCM podcast once again. Yes. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And today we are talking to you all about ketogenic diet, diet. Um, yeah. which is kind of a little bit of a spin off from what we touched on when we went over the symposium. Yeah, there was yeah, a little true. bit that we talked about there. And I know there was a few questions that popped up from listeners in relation to autoimmunity. Um, so I think it's sort of a really good time to talk about it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And I think it's also something that we get asked about in general. Heaps. A lot. Heaps and heaps. And I think it's something that obviously you and I being you and I, <laughs> we have an opinion on everything, but we, we also, we do a lot of, um, research before we have that, we formulate our, our opinions and our judgments based on things. And we do see a lot of, you know, what, there's stuff that um, people are throwing around in terms of everything, but then how that actually unfolds in a practical application sometimes can be very different. Yeah. Um, so we, we're lucky enough we get to do the research as well, and we have. I feel like we both have a very good head about research. Mm-hmm. We don't just look at it, pull out the facts that we want to pull out and go, boom, mm-hmm. this is what happens. Like I love combing through research, looking at how the studies are done, mm-hmm. um, looking at the conclusions, like reading through like the study methods um, yeah. and yeah. just all that kind of stuff. So I really feel like... For topics such as the ketosis and yeah. the ketogenic diet and what we're going to talk about today, it's a pretty important one to do that and do your research yeah. properly. I think we're at a time where there's so much research and so much funded research funded that research. there's a lot of cherry picking going on of research. So I think you can yeah. find topics and kind of pull what you want well, exactly from what research you want. and go, well, this study said this and this study yeah. said that. And yeah. You know, we're at a time where I think you've got to be a little bit wiser about that Absolutely. and look at, like, the collective of research and, as you said, go through and look at, okay, and how's this being put into practice? Yeah. How's this study being done? And more important, well, not more importantly, but I think from our point of view, it's marrying that with, like, actual clinical experience. experience. Yeah. So mm. what is actually happening to people that are mm. doing what, you know, whatever these diets or certain lifestyle trends mm-hmm. telling them to do and then how over a long period of time these things are starting to unfold in terms of health parameters. Yeah, for sure. So that's what we're going to talk about today in terms of the ketogenic diet. So um, what we're going to start with, and I'll give you a bit of an overview because I think it's pretty important to know that your bone broth smells freaking amazing. I know, it's really way. good. I'm trying to it. <laughs> I, I always smell like This is not a paid it's plug. me in my but... morning ketosis. <laughs> This is not a paid plug, but if anyone has not tried the Nutri Organics um, bone broth, you bloody have to. They're so good. Um, It's strong though, hey. I I don't know how many teaspoons it says, but I think I just did about three heap dessert spoons. Yeah, I do a good two, and then I add salt and pepper to it. Oh my God, so good. (laughs) Available at um, Sauce Balimba and all your other (laughs) stuff. like that was such a paid plug. It wasn't. But we love you guys. Um, Okay, so a bit of an overview. We're going to chat today about 
there's there's I think there's a lot of confu- uh, confusion at the moment too with ketosis and what it is and what it isn't, mm-hmm. um, and then the different varying applications of it. So we're gonna start by giving you guys a really good overview of the ketogenic diet mm-hmm. um, and what that is, and then we're gonna actually talk to you about exogenous ketones and their application now and how exogenous mm-hmm. ketones came from the ketogenic diet. Mm, they're how, relatively new, aren't they're they? They're very relatively new, um, and then how they sort of came about and then the applications of those in terms of diet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are they are they are pretty different things mm-hmm. to be honest. Like I think it's and that's where there's a lot of confusion starting mm. to happen. Like obviously people that are in the keto sphere, there's probably not much confusion for them. But for mm. the general person who's mm. probably going, okay, well I've heard about this ketogenic diet, there's there's probably a lot of grey zones. So we're gonna definitely try and clarify the mm. difference between the two. And as you say, yeah, even with the ketogenic diet, the different versions. The different if we versions. look at where it originated Back in, I think you were saying 1920s, 20s, 20s talking or something, like that's yeah. That's like Atkins, or was that before then? Oh, I think it was no, before, before then. then. What, yeah. what, when was Atkins? I think he was more 70s, 80s, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. 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 Should have anyway. looked at that beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got different variations, don't we? So yeah, we've different got variations. Yeah. yeah. So, so like if we're just talking about the diet, so let's take um, exogenous ketones and supplements out of the equation. Let's just look at the actual ketogenic diet, which is a more fat-adapted diet, mm-hmm. which forces the body into a state. So we're looking at a diet that is predominantly, and it, this does depend on what you're trying to achieve with um, depending on how you break your ratios of your macros up. But ideally what you're trying to achieve is that the body actually switches into a state where it um, produces ketones and actually uses them as fuel. So typically a person in, who's in ketosis is consuming a diet that's upwards of 80 to 90% fat mm-hmm. and probably looking around that whole, depending on what state you're in or you know what you're doing it for, anywhere from, you know, Five percent carbohydrates mm-hmm. to maybe ten percent carbohydrates, five percent protein to ten percent protein. So it's mm-hmm. very, very low carbohydrate and very, very low protein and very, very high fat. But that's where there's also been variations as yes. well with the protein versus fat, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, going back to like more of that, what I was just talking about, that sort of Atkins sort of um, time where it was very, very popular. I think at its Sort of first mainstream. Oh, oh you're right. I smashed myself in the tooth with my water bottle. <laughs> Don't need that tooth. From like, I feel like that first mainstream media mm. attention that it had, there True. was like yeah. a very, and this is where I see people getting confused because there's this whole like, is are we talking about a higher fat version or are we talking about also a higher protein version? Because I feel mm. like there's been a real skew there from yeah, where that's it's been. So true. Um, a very, very high fat intake as opposed to it being more actually about the protein being more predominant or sometimes like on a 50-50 scale. But I would certainly say that with that sort of sphere, um, as you also said, the carbohydrate load has been so minimal, but also even from like a vegetable intake load oh, too. Ridic- yeah, so ridiculous. It's we've stripped it. Yeah, so there's that that sort of version, and I think that's that version that pe- that is looked at where it's that classic old school bacon and eggs for breakfast, you yeah. know, like a steak and maybe yeah. like <laughs> a small piece of broccoli or something and a bit for lunch. For lunch yeah, 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 like that sort of style, which yeah. was very, very popular. And a lot of people still will think about ketogenic diets in that way. Yeah. Um, whereas now, obviously, there's been um, more of a shift, and I think that's where it gets confusing too, where it starts to blur with like paleo and versions yeah. of paleo where – 
the protein has become more predominant. There's still definitely fats, fats there, yeah. but then the carbohydrate and how the carbohydrates and the type of carbohydrates yeah. that are used is um, is very different yeah, from very, where it originated from. Foods. Yeah, because where it originated from, we're kind of looking at a diet that was like higher, higher fat and mm. lower protein, lower carb. Um, yeah, and I'm just I'm just trying to visualize what a diet like that would be like far out. But anyway, I know, I know, <laughs> it's it's really quite freaky it's kind when of you freaky. think about it. But in okay, so let's look at why this diet came about in the first place, and it mm-hmm. was it was actually because back then they were looking at in children with seizures. So mm-hmm. like where I don't even know if they really would have had any convulsant medication back then. Like they probably would have had maybe some experimental stuff going on. But mm-hmm. let's just say they started looking at if you could use get the body to actually use ketones as a fuel source and, and in that whole fatty acid oxidation thing that there was children who were having seizures all the time and not responded to medication or whatever was about at the time that you could flip them into this fatter date fat adapted state or this ketogenic state and the seizures were remarkably reduced Mm -hmm. almost you know seizure severity was reduced and seizure incident was reduced and that's pretty bloody exciting Mm -hmm. so that's probably where it started gaining a lot of momentum and attention Mm -hmm. um and then obviously since then there's been different versions of that exactly like what jess was talking about so whether it be more high protein high fat lower carb versions of that used in other types of conditions so we start to looking at things like you know children with autism where you're stripping out carbohydrates and things like that from the gut and putting them on more of a protein and fat based diet and then seeing improvements in behavioral symptoms Mm -hmm. and um yeah, things like that as well. So in terms of and not just behaviour, like we're looking at like, um, you know, memory, focus, mm. like attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so many beh- different behavioural parameters were not always, but a lot of the time improved with these type, with these style diets. Mm. So there's... Wait, well, yeah. oh, <laughs> I know I'm kind of jumping ahead yeah. here in a way, but I just think that's where it's interesting because I, yeah. I definitely don't doubt that the ketogenic state that these children are under is mm-hmm. profoundly affecting how their body is utilizing fuel and how their brain is utilizing fuel from these ketone bodies but when you're putting them on these types of diets yeah. they're fundamentally also removing yeah. a lot of potential highly inflammatory aggravating yeah. foods so you i don't know it's I know. that whole thing i know we're going to get into where you're like we're talking about one aspect's of yeah. science in the body, but there's other things going on here Absolutely. too. So if we've got like kids with autism that are responding well to this diet, you're putting them on this like strict ketogenic diet, that means that you're also removing a hell of a lot of inflammatory foods from the mm. diet, a hell of a lot of processed food. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like that. And I know we're going to get into it yeah. further. But, but it's the same thing we say all the time. It's yeah. like you kind of look at one extreme of eating, which say, you know, might have been, you know, white bread and all of this stuff. And let's face it, like there's so much re- research now in children with autism when you even start looking at the, the genetic snippets on their enzymes that break mm-hmm. down carbohydrates and different and different molecules in food. So there's so much in that and you can see why completely stripping them you get a change in behavior but does it have to be completely stripped that's Mm. the other thing like there's 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 so much research lacking in the intermediates it's kind of like we have Mm. one extreme which is and this is not children with autism this is to do with so so much stuff when these new things come about it's like well let's compare like people eating a standard american diet or people eating you know a more processed sugar-loaded diet like that and let's completely flip them to a complete Mm. opposite extreme diet whether it be ketogenesis ketogenic diet whether it be paleo or anything like that and there's going to be improvements but Mm -hmm. what about what about the intermediate or even Mm. you know like then scale 
scaling that extremeness back and realizing that in certain types of carbohydrates and things like that, there's actually the benefit does outweigh the risk. Mm -hmm. um, and where is that gray zone where we can actually keep them safely and healthily eating and eating a good diversity of food without them slipping back into the, you know, the state that they were in previously, mm. whether that be a disease state, whether that be, you know, autism, behavioral stuff. So, mm, exactly. the, and this is where, like, I think we'll get into the research of the ketogenic diet, the marketing and all of that sort of stuff. Because mm. I think, again, like so many things like the Atkins diet and all these other, you know, things that happen, there's, there's is a lot of cherry picking of research, mm. um, which Jess mentioned before. And it's just it's comparing one extreme to a complete opposite extreme and not acknowledging that in between exactly. that there's some amazing gray areas mm. that just aren't being acknowledged or studied comparatively with these diets. Yeah, which so, is probably some of the, the bigger factors which from is a the, study point of view. Yeah, mm. which is where we get a bit – our knickers in a knot about it because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, anyway, so we'll get into that. So, But – just to jump, so obviously we're talking about the applications of the diet, right? So you mm -hmm. mentioned early, early, early days, um, seizures, um, autism, still definitely uh, looked at today and utilised today in regards to those conditions. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to think, obviously, with a more of a broad spectrum scope of other factors going on. Um, cancer, um, big one, massive one. And I cool think we sort of um, touched on this, as I was saying, last mm. podcast. So basically with cancer, there's been some really fascinating research, fascinating research. essentially where these cancer cells are utilizing glucose as a fuel um, to, to live essentially mm -hmm. and to mutate and grow. Um, our cells primarily can function without that glucose and they can utilize the ketone bodies for energy production, whereas the cancer cells can't. So yes. the idea is that the ketogenic diet definitely um, is aimed at starving yep. um, the cancer cells. So there's been, there's been some interesting research there, very much um, more to do with different forms of cancer. I don't I don't know whether you could – I think okay. you can apply it across the board, but there's been yeah. certain types of cancers that it's been yeah. studied yeah, more they're looking, specifically. Yeah, and especially and, more tumour growth and stuff. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. like a lot of the research that I've read. And I haven't found – a lot of it still is in animal studies, yeah. which is fine. Like yeah. that we have to start somewhere, yeah. like, you know. So I think in terms of that, I think – there's a there is a lot of really cool stuff and it, there's I'm excited to see what the next five to ten years holds in terms of research for that because yep. we will start to see some great longevity studies come out in terms of not just in that acute disease time where cancer mm. is or a tumor is um, you know metastasizing in the mm. body and we flip the body into a diet induced ketogenic state mm. and we start to see either cancer like less progression of cancer or tumor growth mm. but also shrinking and regression mm. of that i think that's freaking fascinating mm. so in, there is going to i'm sure that there's going to be some pretty cool research pumped into this over you know the next five to ten years and then yeah. the longevity effects of that can you take a person out of ketosis safely and mm. then not have that cancer regrow or you know you know and then this is the thing isn't it where do you start to draw the line like yeah. do you, is someone been living on a ketogenic diet for the yeah. rest of their life you know yeah. you kind of with each person you have to look at it and go yeah. okay where do we start to modify this and yeah. where do we start to bring you back to a more of like a whole food spectrum what state what's appropriate yeah. per person yeah and obviously where individualized nutrition is so important. vital but i think it's really important to note there is that there's no answers for that yet. So mm -hmm. the research hasn't really been done yet. Mm -hmm. There, We don't actually know. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I think, the whole point of Jess and I doing this podcast today is not to 
say yay or nay about Mm. any of this. It's just that we're going to tell you where the research sits at the Mm. moment and what we know and what we don't actually know yet. So there's lots of promising cool stuff Mm. going on with research. Exactly. But that's kind of where the research sits at the moment in terms of that. the problem, obviously, with that too is that even though there is this really awesome research, as you've just been saying, we don't know a lot still and there's that propensity to jump on top of yeah. these new exciting things and go, this is a way, the only way, you know, there's, um, this is, this is how I'm going to create like no disease in my body. I'm going to get the best yeah. vitality, longevity, and you know, I'm just going to follow this and this is going to be it. And unfortunately we don't have enough research to show that this yeah. is realistically going to be good for you long-term and which we will go into on the flip side, there is also research being done to show that yeah. there are some detrimental Mental. outcomes yeah. of something like a ketogenic diet, yeah, which we will long-term. talk about. Yeah. Um, any other applications? I know we, um, t- we brushed Diabetes, on... I've definitely I've read a lot of yeah. cool research about, yeah. especially type 2 diabetes to do with where there is definitely that obesity yeah. factor as well in yeah. terms of actually switching people into a ketogenic state. Mm. And seeing massive, massive, massive reductions in, you know, Mm -hmm. like blood glucose levels, obviously, you know, fat deposits in the body. Like there's been Mm -hmm. some really cool research Mm -hmm. in that. But again, it's like they're using the ketogenic diet, so a fat adapted diet or a Mm -hmm. higher protein, high fat diet. So either variation of the two, usually it's a higher protein, Mm -hmm. high fat diet, to be honest to achieve a certain therapeutic outcome and then moving people back onto a more standardized mm. way of eating, which is a healthier mm. version of probably definitely a way healthier version of what they were eating. So it's not long-term use of keto- ketogenic mm. diet. It's just using it to achieve a certain, mm. you know, a certain therapeutic outcome that we want, definitely. which is obviously weight loss, you know, um, improved blood um, sugar sensitivity and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. then merging these people into, you know, a healthier, more, more style of way of what we would eat, where you're looking at, you know, moderate carbohydrate intake from mm-hmm. whole grains to be hopefully gluten-free with high quality, um, good quality grass-fed proteins or even just good quality proteins. I think a lot of the research is they're not that far into where they're getting into the grass-fed mm-hmm. side of it yet. But yeah. with the consumption a good consumption of good quality fats. Yeah. So they still there's not heaps of long, long, long term stuff on that mm. that I've found, but mm. that's that's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, Autoimmunity too, which we touched yeah, on briefly true. last time as an outcome of the symposium. I mean, it's massively interwoven, isn't it? Yeah. Which we did talk about from like a well, it all it all sorts of fuses, doesn't it? Because then yeah. it brings in the fast into yeah, fasting yeah, and I've, so forth, which we yeah. have we'll probably brush over again today. But essentially. From an autoimmune capacity, we've got a whole other spectrum of disease yeah. processes where that ketogenic style of diet can mm. be beneficial yeah. um, because we're initially creating an environment that's going to be more advantageous. So yeah. realistically from there, um, what have we got next on the list? There? So we move into the the formation of exogenous ketones. Yes. So this, um, and obviously we listened to the guy who was involved in the, the making of this speak at our Can you symposium. remember his name? Dominique something or other. I meant to look yeah. it up. But I I look, I, yeah, name. I just remember when I was looking through the book afterwards because we were calling him David or De- Dennis or something. Really? <laughs> and then I was going back through my book and I'm like, it's Dominique, you retard. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, so anyway, so he obviously, and this is where I think a lot of the exogenous ketones are coming from because they're using a lot of his research. I jumped on and had a look at a few of the websites. So they're using heaps mm -hmm. of the research that he presented us with at the symposium. Mm -hmm. So the whole theory behind exogenous ketones was this, is that Navy SEAL divers, and I'll give this to you guys in a nutshell, Navy SEAL divers underneath water for a certain amount of period of time, their um, brains become, you know, deprived of oxygen or however that works. And when they're coming up, they're finding that, you know, as they're bringing these people back into, you know, real, you know, life, yeah. <laughs> being submerged, that there was a high incidence of seizure. So obviously they started the Navy or the, you know, Australian American Defence Force, sorry, started pumping into research, how can we stop these seizures mm -hmm. happening? And obviously they started looking at the ketogenic diet, which has been around since the 19. 20s, which was what we just talked to you about, and doing research with putting, you know, Navy SEAL divers into ketosis with a diet before they would go and dive, and then mm -hmm. looking at if there was a reduced rate or reduced incidence of seizures, and mm -hmm. there was, boom, great. Mm -hmm. Then they decided that the the American Defense Force isn't really going to fund a whole heap of stuff into that because what Navy SEAL diver is going to want to be on a ketogenic diet all the time. They need their carbohydrates. They need their balanced meals because, you know, there's so much stuff going on there in terms of endurance and what they need. And most of them, they didn't think would be that interested in it. So they said, okay, well, let's see if we can find something that we can still keep ketone bodies mm -hmm. kicking around in the human body to hopefully alleviate this incidence of seizures while still allowing these guys to kind of eat how they were typically eating or maybe have a, a varied version of that or a lower carbohydrate version of that. So that's how exogenous ketones came about. Mm -hmm. Did they see results with that? Yes, they did to a degree. So they, that's that's pretty exciting. So we're talking about, again, people in an extreme state and using a therapeutic um, agent to try and not get them to have seizures. So mm -hmm. I think when we're looking at it like that, it definitely has a clinical application and that's It good. does. And it's, as, yeah, it's one very um, specific sort of studied, if you will, model yeah. of how these ketone esters can be utilised. Yeah. And it's really amazing and fascinating and so forth. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't have, like, far-reaching research yet to look at how that then comes into an everyday person's life and influences how their body is going to function utilising those long-term. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's really fascinating because these ketone um, esters and so forth have become really quite mainstream. Like it's to the point now where you can, whether it's going to a health food store or jump online and order these products mm. and people um, are using them in their diet, using them around training, adding them to, I think probably the most common thing is people adding them to bulletproof coffees in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Essentially, you know, the idea being that it's pushing their body into a more, well, into a ketogenic state and holding them there yeah. for longer. Oh, yeah. Um, the idea, I, you know, as you were saying with, um, you know, the American, like the Navy SEALs and the Army and so forth is that, you know, they're not having to be in these like extreme ketogenic diets that they can use it like a buffer. Yeah, a right? buffer so they can um, get better out of what they're doing exactly. and not have seizures. That's right. And it's kind of, it's that frustrating aspect of like where to me that's really great for something like that. But then it's like, oh, that's really cool. Let's use that so we don't have to work with getting a more healthy, balanced diet essentially. But 
what we can do is take these ketone bodies and have them as like a, a supplement, if you will, and then push our bodies into a ketogenic state. So essentially we're in ketosis and then hopefully we'll start shedding some weight, yeah. you know, and start hopefully getting some of these like health outcomes that I've heard about. about. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, like, again, it's kind of like looking at it and grasping on it like a, um, like a, a miracle sort of yeah, this um, is supplement it, right? that we can use and then not really dealing with, mm. okay, what's going on mm. underneath or how can we balance out our food more yeah. specifically or what else is driving these yeah. issues. So, and I think too, so obviously, and some people have cottoned onto that. So they're saying, look, if you just keep a low carbohydrate mm. diet, so almost like a paleo style diet and take these exogenous ketones, you kind of eating a healthier diet yeah but you're still getting the benefits of the ketones on top of that and that and the guy that was speaking like obviously we've looked into this as well but the guy that was speaking about this on up in the symposium and everything he did say like they're they're in the process mm. of doing some studies mm. with the different applications of diet and taking these exogenous ketones so there's not much research for that to date yet no and he was really up front about that, that. Yes. so the Let's fact that he like I know we spoke about this at the symposium and it was like this guy's amazing and you know the whole story that he told about the army seals and so mm. forth and his role in the science behind that was really really fascinating but he he was straight up that like they don't know they don't really know where yep. this is going and the outcomes of it they know they're seeing positive benefits yeah but he was saying like so I know someone in the audience asked a question um, in regards to its application yeah in, in I think it was in certain health disease states or might have even been about long term but I specifically remember him saying. We don't know um, who's doing the experiment. He's like, I'm pretty much doing the experiment now. Yeah. He's standing up on stage so with his keto, with his, like pink keto, keto right? <laughs> yeah. And he was going on about how he hadn't slept for this long and he hadn't eaten for that long and he was still running and he had all of these, you know, yeah. extra interviews and so forth yeah. to do. And like, that's really cool. Like, he's in that he's experimenting with himself and he's really into that. But it's one person yeah. and he's you know, at the forefront of all of the research to do with this. And if he's and saying, he's saying we, don't we don't know, know. I'm experimenting on myself, <laughs> then listen to that, guys, because you've got a lot of people out there making these crazy claims about exogenous ketones. And if they turn out to be true down the track, freaking great. But mm. at the moment, if you've got the guy who actually was involved in the creation of exogenous ketones saying, we don't freaking know mm. what the long-term outcomes are yet, yep. or we've only looked at it in these studies under these conditions, we haven't looked at it long-term, we haven't compared it to other things, we've only looked at, say, you know, the effects of it on blood glucose and, you know, lipids mm -hmm. and stuff like that. In small studies, like I pulled one of the research studies that he was talking about and he said, look, when we compared... Um, two, we, we took two control groups and we gave one of them um, a meal and then we gave the other one a meal with keto, exogenous ketones and we compared the effects on blood glucose, the effects on lipids and blah, blah, blah over mm -hmm. X amount of time. I pulled this freaking research study. I'm not getting worked up because we're definitely trying to you know <laughs> say the pros and cons about this, but I pulled this research study and had a look mm -hmm. at it. It was done on 13 freaking people. They weren't fed a meal. They were fed a freaking dextrose solution. Mm -hmm. That's a sugar solution mm -hmm. of course if you give someone a dextrose solution their blood sugar is going to peak very quickly and drop and it is going to have a negative impact on their their blood glucose mm -hmm. and how they and their lipids behave in their body mm -hmm. and then you give them something like an exogenous ketone that we know has a, a 
a displayed positive impact in a short amount of time over how your blood glucose mm-hmm. behaves, you can't look at that and go, we've fed someone a normal diet mm-hmm. and then we've given someone with a normal diet exogenous ketones and they everything's mm-hmm. behaved so much better. You have to learn to read research properly mm-hmm. and be careful what people are telling you because mm-hmm. this is where shit starts to get confusing and crazy claims are getting made yeah. about stuff that really there's nothing to freaking back it up yet. Yeah. So yeah. getting worked up now. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get worked up. But, <laughs> but it's true. No, it's like, so, so but true. But this is where, you know, like, and I, that guy was a great, great scientist. Like he yes. knew his shit. I'm not yep. saying he didn't. But if he's standing up there saying we don't know and even the research, the small studies that they've done, I'm mm. looking at the research going, well, there's still flaws in this research. Yes, mm. it's a good study. And yes, you've proven that ketones do exert a positive effect over, over you know, say let's mm. how our insulin behaves. Let's step back and look at what, you know, the food that these guys were given was a sugar solution. So there's a big flaw in that study straight away. Like you haven't done a study where you've given someone a balanced complex carbohydrate meal that's got quality protein and quality fat in it and then compared that to someone who's had a balanced meal with mm-hmm. exogenous ketones. Like where's the research on that? There's actually not no, any yet. Of course there's not, unfortunately. So there is some cool research in terms of um, – athletes endurance athletes using Mm -hmm. exogenous ketones Mm -hmm. um and that's quite positive i've pulled a few articles and i've read that and um the the difference between good and shit articles is that good articles will Mm. always present the bias and always present who's funded the research and always present any conflicts of interest they're the ones i'm interested in looking at Mm -hmm. um that's another very big area isn't it like the fat adapted athlete essentially like it's it's very very current it's very now and yeah there's i think for that reason there's a lot of research going into it. Yeah, yeah. And there's some cool research mm. going into it. But again, when you look when you pull the really good research articles mm. and you go through where they've actually looked at, you know, the the effects of the body and the, and the metabolic processes during endurance exercise things. So they were looking at potential, like um, specifically cyclists and other types mm-hmm. of athletes. So these guys that do these and marathon runners where they do these long endurance style sports. The ketones were beneficial for these guys during those states. Mm-hmm. So I, well, exogenous ketones were beneficial for these guys during these states. I didn't look at the actual fat-adapted ketogenic diet research. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the ex- exogenous ones. So that was great. But in all of their conclusions and everything, there's big things saying we more research needs to be done in this. Mm-hmm. We don't know the long-term effects of doing this, you know, blah, blah. So there's... They're saying mm. the same thing. Mm. So it's just like, okay, cool. We found we found another niche pocket for these mm-hmm. exogenous ketones. It's not just about the Navy SEALs now. We're looking at, you know, um, you know, endurance athletes and cyclists and all of that sort of stuff and going, cool, we found another little niche for mm. these exogenous ketones. And when applied clinically to exert a therapeutic output, we're mm. seeing some positive results. We still need to do more research, but, hey, there's a little bit of positive to be taken from this. Yeah. So, yeah. love it but it is it's like it's it's another it's interesting again because it's like being looked at as another it's another booster effectively like we've had through history different types of supplements or therapeutic agents Mm. that we use like as a as a boosting agent essentially to get some sort of outcome from a i would say most of the time it's like more short term that we're looking at um, and realistically, with these studies um, and the research that's been done, it's it's always being measured in a short term yeah. time frame. Whether it be from 
a, a health outcome or um, blood parameters yeah. that we're measuring or from an exercise point of view yeah. or from an energy output, like they're, they're short-term parameters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, fundamentally we just – we don't know. We, we just don't know what it's going to do long-term. And I think the other thing that needs to be pointed out about the research and a lot of the claims that have been made with exogenous ketones, because obviously, like, I jumped on the web – a couple of the different websites for the companies at the moment – had a look through a lot of the research too and then obviously in the conclusion, especially the companies that were definitely more for um, using exogenous ketones and the research that was done with them. But then when you look at where they're saying where the promising research is and you pull the studies that mm -hmm. they've actually used to make like, okay, it's beneficial in Alzheimer's and then they tell you what studies and you pull that study, that study is based on a ketogenic diet, mm -hmm. not exogenous ketones. Mm -hmm. They're completely different. Mm -hmm. So we need to really learn to differentiate what is actual fat and mm -hmm. what is actual extra, you know, extrapolation mm. from, is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> from, I was like, it's talking too quick. From research that's done on a body, on the body in a different state. You, like you, everyone needs to be really, really careful mm. here because this is where marketing gets very clever yeah. and salespeople get very freaking clever because they will throw a lot of big fancy words at you with big fancy research terms and the, and the general person will sit there and go, oh, it must be great. Yeah. And, and you'll ask them a question and they just answer with more big words and questions mm -hmm. based on the cherry pick facts that they've pulled from potentially studies that were done on the ketogenic diet, mm. not taking exogenous ketones. So until that research is done mm. on the exogenous ketones with a normal or a low-carb diet and it's done and the research stands the test of time, mm. you can't make those claims. You can't yeah. say it's going to cure heart disease. You can't say you can just take exogenous ketones and basically eat whatever you want and you're not going yeah, to get you, cancer. It doesn't work like that. You can't compare them. You can't say, yeah, yeah. that one that taking these exogenous ketones is exactly the same as being in a yeah, ketogenic diet. diet. Like they're, com they're completely different things. Yeah. But I guess, you know, that's where it all gets blurry because people can be like, I'm going to follow a ketogenic diet and I'm going to take these exogenous ketones as well as opposed to people who mm. are just like, I'm just going to take them on top of like yeah. how I'm normally eating. Yeah. But yeah, they're, com they're different scenarios Different at the end scenarios. Of the day. And I think the thing is too, like then it comes down to, okay, so there might be people out there taking exogenous ketones that are actually eating a low-carb, like high-protein, high-fat diet. Mm -hmm. And let's even just look at the difference between the two ways a low-carb, high-fat, high-protein diet can be done and compare two control groups. One of them's doing low-carbohydrate, high-protein, high-fat, and their protein and fat is bacon, eggs... Um, you know, grain-fed meat. The bacon comes from a, a pig that's been kicked around in a paddock and pumped full of hormones. The eggs are caged eggs compared to someone who's taking exogenous ketones eating, you know, maybe an organic-style, low-carbohydrate, vegetable-based diet, mm -hmm. probably no grains, but choosing grass-fed proteins or, mm -hmm. you know, organic proteins and free-range mm -hmm. organic eggs. And fat-wise as and well. Fat -wise, like if you've got one of them, yeah. I'm not sure that's where you're going, yeah. but like if you've got one of them doing sort of like your yeah your avocados and your quality oh, yeah, oils, oils and, and so forth, yeah. whereas the other oh, one has got like eggs. just other horrible <laughs> refined oils, yeah. um, maybe different sorts of yeah. nuts and so forth that are, haven't been looked after as great. They're more sort of old and rancid. Yeah. <laughs> Let's like pick all the bad yeah. stuff yeah, essentially. Know, right? but, but you know, but this is where you or you've need... got like a skew of it just being all animal fat, yeah. which I think is a very old school approach yeah. from like when 
ketogenic diet yeah. in its first sort of popular yeah. time. It was all about animal fat and yeah. cooking in the lard oh. and so forth. It really wasn't about those other types the of plant-based fats. So I think, and this is too where then you need to start breaking down, okay, so we need to look at the difference between the two. And if you mm. are taking exogenous ketones, what category of diet are you then mm. sitting into? Like, I'm, like if you want to take exogenous ketones, have a think about the types of fats that you're eating and the types of carbohydrates and the types of animal proteins that you're consuming. Are you sitting more in that still that processed toxic state? Because I can mm -hmm. tell you right now, no amount of powder is going to fix what that damage is going to do. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I might be wrong, but <laughs> if you're taking hormone-jacked protein and crap eggs and basically living on that and getting no quality fiber and nothing from vegetables mm. or anything like that and just saying you can just take a powder and you're not going to get sick, mm. Mm, don't think so. Mm -hmm. Like you really need to look at the quality of fat that you're having, the types of animal proteins that you're having. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah. could go on for that as well. <laughs> but anyway, so... So, oh, yeah, God. so the take-home message from that <laughs> is just be careful of clever marketing, I think. Like, I think there's, you know, they once they put some research into this and actually, you know, produce some quality long-term studies and compare it with something that's not rubbish. Like, compare taking exogenous ketones with a well-balanced, um, or not a well-balanced, but a high-protein, high-fat diet from quality sources mm -hmm. and compare that with all, not just blood lipids and, you know, insulin, stuff like that. Let's mm. look at so many other, you know, constituents of the human body and what it does from a biochemical perspective and compare that with a, a really healthy, well-balanced whole food, you know, diet that contains gluten-free whole grains, lots of vegetables and good quality fats and mm. quality protein. And let's see what stands the test of time. Unfortunately... Yeah, they're just they're, they're not the sort of studies that people are wanting to do no. are they? because it's not going to give the outcome not, that they yeah, want exactly. from like a money making point of view. So you know, and I always I know I think I mentioned it last time. I love that study, and I can't think of oh, one the one off the top of my head. Timeless, oh, the yeah, the more um, of the fasting mimicking, the fasting keto. mimicking versus yeah, with yeah. the keto versus like the um the standard um European um. Yeah, Mediterranean. God, my brain today. It's, it's like it's off. Listening <laughs> over a Mediterranean diet and just seeing that, like, the Mediterranean diet had by far better outcomes. Yeah. By far. And we've talked time and time again about, like, yeah. the so much research backing up that type of diet, you yeah. know. But they're the sort of studies that aren't as sexy and as exciting. Yeah, I know. And we, yes. But they're, they're, they are what we need to see more of. We yeah. do need to see these comparisons. And, you know, it's like when we were talking before about the um, the new film that's out, the new oh, P.A.B. Yeah, ones magic and so pill. forth. And, you know, it's that same thing where it's like, it. you know, it, people love it because it's, it's like a makeover show and those sorts of things. You've got one extreme changing to another. So it's kind of more exciting and more sexy when you see, like, you know these changes. I haven't actually watched it yet, but yeah. yeah no, but you know, it's that like you get you get someone that is so 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 sick or so ill or has such a crap diet, and then you you change them and give them this this thing or this this mm. change that you know is going to be better. So yep. it's kind of like as of you're course saying, there's going to be like, improvements if you throw someone like a, a huge hit of like a you know a sugary substance on its own as opposed to using like a ketone ester of course you're going to see like a yeah. really cool outcome but yeah. you know it's and that's really cool for studies yeah. to, to, to see that and that sells products but 
you know, if you're kind of looking at like, okay, but what happens if over 10 to 15 years we have these people eat like this, yeah. you know, and we have these people eat like, it's just like, oh, God, we're not going to make any money from yeah. that. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> There's no money in clever marketing in that. So, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But, you know, I think the, the, the big thing in all of this is that, you know, there are, with the ketogenic diet, like there is, some, we've talked about some really interesting disease processes and some um, some sort of health outcomes that will mm. come from that that can potentially be quite beneficial. But as always, they're very individualized and they yeah. have to be monitored. This is the other um, side of it. And then whether the ketone esters play into that further is, I think, I think personally something that really needs to be monitored and, and looked at mm. per individual. Like I'm, I don't know how I feel about like people just being able to get them um, so readily available and, and utilize them. Like and it kind of, it makes me uncomfortable that they're it, like a lot some other things that have been on the market that it's just like, Oh, it's just, you know, it's just natural. It's a food thing. I'll just, you know, just throw take, it into yeah. my every, I don't know. Like I just, I think it worries me. I think, and I think that's what I, what I get so like pissed off about <laughs> to be honest. It's not the fact that people are doing it. Mm. It's the fact that, we don't actually know what mm. they're doing to you, mm. and you, there's a lot. You know, if if they turn out to be okay, and the research proves that it's safe, yep. and that there is even you know some sort of benefit to it, then that's okay. But mm. at the moment, there's this whole influx of people doing it, and the research and the studies aren't there, and the mm. science isn't there mm. to show that it's safe long term. But yep. you can buy these so readily yeah. available and just throw them into your system, and we don't know. Yeah. That's what pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And oh, look, and I know we're just, just, I don't know what to keep rehashing the same thing, but, you know, the other thing that really concerns me and it probably follows on to some of these other points is that there is these, these, these reasons that they're being utilised, um, which we've talked about, but there's also going back to um, old mate at the symposium, you know, he's, he's pumping away on X amount of hours of sleep. He's hasn't physically eaten anything for like a ludicrous amount of hours because he's just like pumping on these ketone esters, you know, mm. and that's cool from a science point of view. But think about the implications of something like that outside it's a pure <laughs> science experiment. It's like, like legal speed. I know. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How is that good for us well, ongoingly? Is... Like nutritionally, like what else are you lacking mm. from day to day from not having anything else outside of those key was pretty buff though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like transferring that to an everyday approach. So if we've got someone getting up in the morning and they're like, just look right, I'm going to get my ketone esters in for the day and I'm just basically going to have this and this is going to be my one meal for the day. And go or smash later. out an exercise session on top of that. Yeah, then. and then maybe later on in the evening I might have one meal a day sort of scenario. Like I, that to me is where I'm seeing all of this go at the moment. Yeah. It's this fusion of ketogenic style, intermittent fasting, mm. bringing in things like these ketone yeah. esters and so forth. And if you look at that for the average person – you can cherry pick out of all of that and go, this is cool because it's doing X, Y, and Z that we've talked about. But 
day to day as that person keeps following that program or that that lifestyle, mm. like how nutritionally depleted are they getting? Yeah. How much What's are they missing? Huge factor. <laughs> what is their gut doing from a lack of diversity of yeah. fuel for the microbiome? So from the point of view of us talking about long term, yep. that's what we're talking about. And yep. that's clinically what, what we, we see more. And I think that's what got us quite fired up a bit at the symposium because we loved it so much. But, you know, seeing seeing those sort of presentations, yep. we think about, okay, how's this going to come back and um, cause problems uh, in a clinical aspect and when people take this and put it into everyday practice. practice. And I know when that guy was putting up his slides about the ketogenic diet and what it is. Straight out on social media. It was like people were going nuts with like, oh, my God, this is what we need to eat and it's being thrown out there. And that it really worries me. And I know that someone also asked a question, I think, um, about the microbiome or it got brought up well, at some he point said and he hushed over yeah, it really Yeah, but he kind of said, oh, we know it kind of shrinks yeah, it. we know it kind of shrinks, but this is really but, cool. Uh, hey, pink, pink drink. drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't slept for this amount of, oh, my God, I feel bad. Like, yeah. sorry, okay, just think well, I stopped there. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. Like, this, this is where you need to look at too. The science of it so far is exciting, but – there's not enough just rehashing exactly what we said the science of it is exciting that guy knew his shit and when you look at you know looking at stuff from a scientific perspective in that little in you know environment to what he was looking at mm. there's some cool stuff happening in terms of exercise endurance athletes in terms of navy seals and stuff like that he didn't talk anything about the late a person doing because that's still no. all experimental but let's talk about the flip side of it and i think the reason that you and i do feel so passionately about what is going on here is that way before we saw old mates speak mm. we've been seeing the flip side of mm. people and especially girls on long-term ketogenic diets mm. or taking exogenous ketones and restricting carbohydrates and what that does to them mm-hmm. from a physiological point of view mm-hmm. so you know and obviously we like i'm sure maybe there's people that perhaps potentially have done it successfully and we're not going to see them okay but we yeah. so we are seeing the worst of the worst yeah but it's it's devastating what we see mm. like i've got young girls girls that you know have lost their not lost their lives over this mm. but to the point where they were healthy functioning mm. fit girls and they get caught up in these low carbohydrate very low carbohydrate very restrictive style diet things you got like a white thing there. Have I? yeah <laughs> and the the psychological effects are devastating like they've gone from being okay and maybe having a few body image Mm. issues within themselves which most women do and I think this is where a lot of this marketing pisses me off Mm. because it subconsciously targets women and men to a degree but a lot of women and their you know potential body image issues Mm. like a lot of it is aimed at weight loss of course it is so you've got girls that are just trying to go to the gym and Mm. stay fit and you know, they're maybe a little bit confused about what they should and shouldn't be eating, but everyone's mm. jumping on this low carb or no carb, very low carb bandwagon. Then ketogenesis gets, or ketogenic exogenous ketones get thrown on top of it. And you look at the, I've seen the six to eight to 12 to 18 month post, post math of this, and it's freaking awful. Like mm. you've got girls whose guts are a freaking mess. They can't tolerate any food. And the minute they try and eat a carbohydrate of mm. any way, shape, or form, their gut just nearly explodes <laughs> psychologically. <laughs> but it's true, right? It is true. They're a mess. Well, they're so scared to eat anything because their gut responds yeah. badly. Psychologically, they they don't want to put on weight or they've lost all this weight and now they can't put it back on. Their thyroid's going all over yeah. the freaking place. Yeah. Like they're getting anxiety. They're not sleeping because they're 
serotonin levels are so freaking yeah. out of whack, it's ridiculous, and that's not converting to melatonin because they haven't even got the basic substrates from food to so freaking make serotonin. I, let's, let's kind of go into that a little bit, right? <laughs> like, I'm just, just like, <laughs> because these, it's, all of those things are happening frequently. We do see all of we that. Do. But what I want to explain to people is, the why right? i love that you did i just, I just like, go off on my like you're just like okay carissa let's just explain this in a normal way instead of you nearly killing the microphone <laughs> so when people are following a ketogenic diet it means that their carbohydrate intake is very 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 jessica minimal. the voice of reason <laughs> And often, not only is it minimal, it's very, very restricted to the types of carbohydrates that they're having. So a lot of the time, most people, if they are having carbohydrates, it's going to be certain types of vegetables. Um, very, very infrequently will it be any type of grain, whether gluten-free or not, any type of legume, um, any type of starchy sort of complex root vegetable. Essentially, very, very... Um, very limited limited in how much carbs are going in now the problem with that long term is that from a gut bacteria point of view you are dramatically reducing your fuel for your bacteria to ferment um, and create really important substrates mm. from there is you know we're talking about studies a lot today there is a lot of really good studies that are coming out now and showing the adverse effect of high fat high protein diets and minimal carb diets on, gut on the gut, gut microbiome and their output of something called short chain fatty acids, acids particularly butyrate which is butyrate, really scary yeah. so it's typical i didn't even know so that <laughs> Um, oh dear. Butyrate or butyrate, however you want to say it, is really, I mean, there's lots of great things that short chain fatty acids do, but this is used primarily by your, um, your cells in your gut um, to produce fuel. So basically your gut lining, those cells there that are regenerating all the time, need to use this short chain fatty acid to be really healthy. There's studies that show that like, um, people who are low in butyrate essentially have high risk of colon cancer. Mm. So, you know, we're basically long-term by having these low-carbohydrate diets, minimising fuel for our gut bacteria and in turn creating an environment that isn't giving us everything we need as fundamental building blocks for our health, which is, to me is really, really scary. Um, and that's scary. where, the you know, again, the long-term studies need to be done. Also, because you don't have the carbohydrates coming in, you are therefore utilizing your fat stores more. So, you know, essentially the more you don't have carbohydrates, you're burning your fatty acids for fuel, which is essentially what ketogenic a ketogenic state is. I don't know if we explained that to start with. <laughs> yeah, I think but, we did. <laughs> um, but as we're doing that, we're burning through and utilizing our fat more, which from a female point of view in particular means, yes, weight loss, but it also means it's going to start having a, a profound effect, effect on our hormones. hormones and our neurotransmitters um, and a lot of our cellular development in general, but particularly our hormones are made up of mm. fats. Um, our neurotransmitters rely a lot on fats. Our 
our brains obviously are made up of a lot of fat. So if you um, drop down and, to a certain body fat percentage, you don't have enough there to make those things. Like No, but you also like, I, I think it's kind of interesting because it's like you're following a diet that is fundamentally meant to be like higher fat, yeah. but you're actually using so much of that in energy and you don't have carbs anymore. The carbs convert through to fats usually too. So it's kind of like you look at it and go, oh, but I'm having all this fat. It's like, well, actually you're not biochemically that because you're using so much of that mm. to try and produce energy yep. and the carbs you usually would be eating would be often converting through to fat as yep. well. So it might look like you're having more, but you're actually having less as far as what your body can utilize. Yes. And then you want, then you start seeing problems with, as you were saying, like the cycle becoming upset in frequent, you're having amenorrhea. Yeah, losing their period altogether. Yeah, and mental health. Mental and these health. are the things that we see in clinic. clinic. And these this are is, the conditions yeah. that we see happening. Um, and this is why we're so passionate about it. Like just, yeah, it's so true. It's so true though. Like it's, thank you for explaining that in a way less psychotic form than what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only because like like to sit on the other side of a clinic desk and have a girl in front of you and not just one several and several and several of them who have done these long-term restrictions of carbohydrates and exercise trying to get themselves into these ketogenic states mm -hmm. and then see the downstream effects of that six to 12 to 18 months later on their mental health their reproductive function their hormones mm -hmm. and their thyroid to the point where they're almost at breaking point is freaking devastating for us and it's mm. all because of misinformation that's out there being just blanketed out to the public mm. like this is the be all and end all of health and if you do this this is you're just going to live forever and be amazing yeah it's like oh <laughs> i just don't know how much more i can say that it's so awful and you then you've got to go and go through and there's so much work that needs to be done to put mm. this fragile little body back together yeah. when if we just actually could acknowledge what the body is so freaking capable of doing mm. if we stop trying to fuck with it mm. and just let it do its thing it can do all of this stuff without having to be starved put under stress have chemical or not chemical mm. you know it is it's not that exogenous ketones are a chemical but have all this stuff thrown into it and put into these crazy extreme mm. states to try and exert some sort of output if you just yeah, respect well, the body I mean, as, you, as you said before like majority of people those disease states we're talking about aside mm. most people the lay person's using ketogenic diet because they want to lose weight like let's be bloody honest that's what's going to happen yeah. so again it's like well maybe we need to look at the whole picture here and look at mm. what's going on so let's move <laughs> on a little bit um i want to sort of start to wrap this up because i feel like we'll be here for about six hours if we don't just rant <laughs> at each other should we just get should we just get jess to go and get us a bottle of wine or something we'll just, we'll just keep talking <laughs> let's take the microphones down to the local pub <laughs> we'll just keep this podcast going but fuel it going <laughs> What else did we want to talk about um, in I regards think, or I think that we've missed I don't think we've missed too much. Like I think we just said we wanted to definitely see some research go into or even just really start, is there any benefit to keto, keto, the ketogenic diet versus exogenous ketones? Like learning to work out what the difference is there and the benefits between the two or risks associated with the two compared mm. to intermittent fasting. Like if you don't even have to take exogenous ketones, but say you can just practice some form of intermittent fasting and mm -hmm. get the same effects. Yeah. So what if yeah. you... 
because let's sorry to interrupt but that's probably one thing to mention like ketosis is actually a Heart natural state. state of fasting like your body basically the ketogenic that. diet is just manipulating the diet to do something that your body you will do naturally so like if you are without food for a certain amount of time usually the most common place to look at that is over the night while we're sleeping yeah. and then waking up in the morning for a, a lot of people will be will be getting into that ketogenic state mm. so there's we're we're already having that happen in this our is body what I mean. you like, know like <laughs> this is why I'm because it frustrates the crap out of me. Can we not just eat a, a good breakfast and lunch, a well balanced breakfast mm-hmm. and lunch that includes a whole grain carbohydrate, mostly gluten free for most of us, yeah. with balanced protein and some heaps of vegetables and good quality fats, and then do that again for lunch and then mm-hmm. have a smaller dinner and bring mm-hmm. that time frame in and just look at not overstuffing ourselves with food yeah. over a 12 to 14 hour period? So we're kind of doing almost intermittent fasting without mm-hmm. even realizing which puts you into yep. a ketogenic state and get the same outcome. Yeah. Oh. And let's like maybe look at something like that and in an ideal world it would be not type typing that as um you know a intermittent diet. fasting oh, as such. Oh, it's yeah. just like well this let's is how just we should eat, be have eating. a really healthy balanced diet. <laughs> breakfast and lunch, lunch and a smaller small dinner, dinner so we're not going to bed overly um, stuffed and yep. full. And we're giving our digestion time to like yep. have a break throughout the night and for our body to do all the things that it would usually do in a state without food being there yeah, and 100%. being in like a natural ketogenic, ketogenic state and then get up and do your thing the next day. Right. Like why do we have to label all of that? Yeah. Why know? does everything need a label? Why? 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 <laughs> why? why? Like, we said this about the paleo thing as well. Like why does everything have to have a label? Like. Like it's just our body can do all of this stuff it needs to do without us having to take, you know, like powders and starve ourselves and do all this extreme crazy stuff. Just we've talked about this before. Like there needs to be so much more understanding and respect for the human Mm, body and what it can actually do without you forcing it to do it if you just allow it to do it. Exactly. So... And I think the last thing I'd like to add to, like, if you've been drawn to a ketogenic diet, um, maybe first off look at, like, what is it, like, in regards to mm-hmm. what is drawing you to it, why why are you doing it? But the other thing is that if you find that you're using a ketogenic diet because you feel better, particularly digestively, mm. you need to really look at, okay, if you're following that, it's obviously got you cutting out things that might be a problem Mm. for you um, or it might be taking certain things out of your diet that are, you know, fueling your microbiome in the wrong way for you at at that time because your gut isn't in the best of health. So I guess I just want to highlight that because I think a lot of people are drawn to it because they'll eat a ketogenic diet. And I know I hear this from clients. They'll start following it and they're like, oh, I I feel really good when I do it because I don't have any symptoms gut wise. Yeah. Um, and I think, or inflammation wise and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and well, I think we see it sort of, again, need to like think about that question, what it is about it. And then talk to mm-hmm. a health professional who understands the whole body, um, understands what's going on nutritionally and understands the diet itself and can look at that and then look at, okay, what's going on for you as mm. an individual? Because I think I think with a lot of these diets, whether it be ketogenic or paleo or maybe even sometimes vegan types of diets and not saying any of them are, you know, we're, we're, we're ta- I'm not going to go down that track yeah, again. We've talk- of, yeah. yeah, there's but pros and cons to everything. There's, I think people often get stuck in a niche with them because – 
it's masking um, other underlying factors, you know? So yeah. I just think that we need to keep that in mind. Yeah. And I think too, like obviously we are very passionate about what we see in clinical practice as prackies, like and seeing, you know, things like that. But like obviously if you are listening to this and you have a child with autism and you've used the ketogenic diet mm-hmm. or the exogenous ketones and it is working for you, this is not us having a crack at that either. Like mm-hmm. it's – there's – we're trying to just differentiate the, the difference between a proper therapeutic clinical application of something as opposed to stuff that's just been marketed very clever for the lay day person that actually mm. doesn't have any research behind it. Mm-hmm. Now that I've calmed down, I can just get that out. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's just, I think, yeah, you just, that's the whole point of all of this. Mm. Yeah. Come no, on. definitely. I think our big takeaway is that we just want everyone to think a little bit more before jumping on the bandwagon because it is a big bandwagon at the moment. It's a huge bandwagon at the moment. Um, and really be aware that there isn't um, – there is really isn't any long-term studies to show where this is all going to go. Um, yeah. And just be really mindful that you are an individual, individual and that you need to figure out what works for you as yeah. a person, what makes you function well, feel well. Yeah. Um, and just because <laughs> – your friend down the street yeah, or the girls at the gym are doing that diet yeah. means that you have to jump on and do yeah. it too. Yeah. And I think too, like if you are listening to this and you have done a, any sort of, you know, ketogenic diets or exogenous ketones or low carbohydrate diets and they have messed you up, mm. then don't stay in that cycle is the mm. other side of it too. Like definitely reach out to someone who has got a much more balanced approach to things and really can understand what's going on for you as an individual and help rebalance things because there is there is no one size that's actually a really good point i've heard um people through clinic here and then even i've heard people um on certain on their own podcasts talk about how they've been following a ketogenic diet because they've you know everyone's saying it's the best thing that you Mm. can do for your health and Mm. they're feeling crap but they're like well, but, it, might, it might, can't be the diet. It must be me. And yeah. they just keep following it and following yeah. it and getting worse and worse to the point well, where Well, I think too because finally... there's like the whole keto flu die-off thing. So yeah. then they just – people say, oh, I'm, in, I'm yeah. just in the keto flu. But then oh, but they I'm go for like, weeks and weeks. Yeah, and then it's months like, and months of oh, people God. into it. And they're just like – because there's some big names now, really big names out mm. there talking – um, about the ketogenic diet as a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I I know there's people that are living it as a lifestyle and going, well, this is the way it's got to be. And they are feeling like crap, mm. but they're like, well, it must be me. It must be something else. Maybe, you know, I'll get this test done and that test yeah. done. And interestingly, like I've heard them talk about, we've finally gone, maybe this isn't for me and started to like yeah. go back to a more whole food approach and going, oh my God, I feel that's better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so oh individualized as we always talk about, yeah. nutrition is so yeah. goddamn vital. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, anyway, I think we better stop yep. because we've reached the well, hour we've mark. We've done our hour mark. Whoopsie. Well done. <laughs> well done, team. <laughs> and so, I am starting. I'm busting think, to pee. <laughs> I, I am like... Seriously, in a ketogenic state right here. I think my brain just kind of shut down even half an hour ago. It's been a bit of a struggle, this one. Oh, um, but anyway, we hope we got our hope we got our point across a bit and definitely explain the difference in the grey areas. Yeah. Because um, I think too, like obviously this is what we have a lot of questions about. So I feel like 
there is a lot of just for the lay day person who's trying to differentiate the forest from the trees that the difference between an actual ketogenic diet and taking exogenous ketones to try and achieve a ketogenic state um, the research and where that stands at the moment and what we see in clinic mm-hmm. um, and my rants <laughs> <laughs> about it. So, <laughs> yeah, look, we, we always say it, but we love hearing from you guys. And um, if you've got specific feedback about this podcast, like we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, really interested if you've got um, a story that really resonates with what we've talked about or you might be someone that's been I'd love to hear from people who have been following particularly females a ketogenic diet Mm. for a long time and and um feeling great because I tell you what I um can't name anyone (laughs) at all like seriously I haven't to this day met anyone that fits into that category (laughs) but I would love to be proven wrong so hit us up anyway we won't keep talking let's wrap it up wrap it up folks you guys Um, have a bloody great weekend yes do have a great weekend and you know you can subscribe um in itunes or soundcloud if you've got any questions or any upcoming topics that you'd like us to chat about just um dm us send us an email contact us um as is easiest for you and um yeah catch you soon catch you soon okay bye adios